Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. B F F T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. Well, our next guest has been an incredibly valuable resource for me and for a whole bunch of other people. I literally think that we could have done a whole series, Media Rights for Dummies, and I would have been at the front of the line. I'm the biggest dummy in the land. But I know who to ask. And Bob Thompson, who is familiar with the Pac-12 footprint, University of Oregon graduate, guy who lives in the Pac-12 footprint down in the Phoenix area, who worked in the media rights world, former uh, retired president of Fox Sports Networks, did, uh, I think he did hundreds of deals. I don't think he did thousands of deals. Uh, He has launched a Twitter career, if you can call Twitter a career. You can find him on Twitter, at RLT Sports. He's going to do media rights for dummies. And he may even allow some of us to, you know, some listener questions. uh, If if you've got a question for Bob Thompson, because I'm going to pepper him. And I think, you know, I don't always think of what matters to the listening audience. Bob Thompson joining us now. Thank you, Bob, for doing this. My pleasure, John. Always good to be here. Yeah. Do you mind if I put this out? Because I do think there are people listening across the footprint that might have a question that doesn't occur to me. Do you mind if we take a couple questions from listeners as well? No, not at all. All right. So 503-417-7575 is the phone number. If you have a question for Bob Thompson... Uh, you can line up now if you want to ask uh, if something occurs to you. I'll give the number throughout the interview. But Bob, let's start with just by kind of talking about uh, the landscape of college athletics and in, in your background. Like, you know, how many deals have you done? What is your experience with, you know, as the f- retired president of Fox Sports Networks? You know, how familiar are you with these media rights deals? Uh, pretty familiar. I probably did a couple hundred over 20 years, more or less. A lot of uh, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball local deals. Uh, probably four Pac-12 deals, three Big 12 deals. Was one of the founders of the Big 12, uh, excuse me, Big 10 network. It's an ACC basketball deal, so we've done quite a few. When when you look at these uh, deals, you know we're kind of in the, you know, in the eleventh hour phase, so to speak, is. You know, both the Big 12 and Pac-12 are sort of posturing like they're down to like three to four weeks before these deals come up, Bob. What happens in the that final three or four weeks? A lot of going back and forth. I think, uh, you know, you're kind of down to the final strokes on, you know, usually the two major items are, you know, term, scope of the rights, uh, the dollars on a yearly basis, what the escalators might be year to year. And, you know, is there a signing bonus or things like that? What are the back-end rights, rights of first refusal, rights to match, things along those lines? You're probably kind of putting the 
putting the final touches on those right now. And then always with collegiate, especially if you have multiple groups involved, is the uh, picking selection. What's the order of the picks to determine who picks what game first uh, in any given week or in advance. How does that work with picking selection and, and maybe some of the deals you've done when it involves, let's just use Fox and ESPN and the Pac-12 networks as an example. Um, is you know, is the uh, is it an alternate thing, like you alternate every week, or can one of the entities maybe pay more or bid more to have that first right of refusal, or how does that typically work? Um, I've seen it work all sorts of different ways. I mean, I know, for instance, the Big Ten, Fox pays a bit more, quite a bit more, to have first pick on uh, most weeks there, and then also first picks uh, in advanced games special day games, things like that. And that, that allows them to pretty much always end up with Ohio State, Michigan. And the Pac-12, it's usually been a, an alternating pick type thing once the rights became split between ESPN and Fox. And um, one will have a first pick one week, one will have first pick the next week. There's a number of games picked in advance, the uh, special day games, uh, rivalry games, Thursday night games, day after Thanksgiving games, maybe a Labor Day game, things like that. And then there's the infamous 6- and 12-day picks where in most weeks you're picking 12 days out so that the schools and the fans know, you know what time the game will be and what channel it will be on uh, 12 days out. But as the season gets further in, and I think I believe I saw a number of 6-day picks for the week of November 5th were exercised this week, the networks like to wait and see what happens the previous weekend before they pick for the next weekend. And that's what's commonly called a six-day pick. So there'll be a number of games that are picked on, uh, for 12 days on that week. Those games are probably going to be on Pac-12 networks. And then all the other games will be picked six days out, basically Sunday uh, after this Saturday's games and the results are in. And that'll determine you know, what network's carrying what on which of their channels and what time the games will come off. We're talking to Bob Thompson, the retired president, Fox Sports Networks. Uh, George Klyovkov, Pac-12 commissioner, said today that he thought his conference would close the gap with the Big Ten and some others in this round of media rights. But then he, said, he went on to say something about taking another step. I want to play his clip, and I want to get your thoughts on maybe what he might be talking about. Here's Klyovkov. Yeah, I, I think it's a couple of things. I, I think first, um, we're, we're going to do a meteorite steal here in the near future, which will close the gap between us and, and the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, that's the first step. Eventually, we'll catch those guys. It'll take a couple of steps, but, but we're going to take a step towards closing that gap. Uh, and then we're going to be looking at an expansion. We're going to be looking at schools that make sense for us. It was that middle part where he says, you know, we'll, we'll eventually catch them, but it's going to take a couple steps. It made me sort of wonder, is is the plan here for the Pac-12 to possibly go to market twice before the Big Ten can get back to market? Bob, what do you make of that? I don't see that happening. I, I You know, if I'm the buyer, I'm not going to do something as short as, you know, two or three years that gives them a chance to go again before the Big, well, or the Big Ten goes again in 2030. I think what he's probably talking about is they're going to do a, five-year deal and that's going to come up in 29 so they'll you know they'll make a step towards the big 10 you know in the next few weeks hopefully and then they'll make another step towards the big 10 in 2029 so they'll probably come in 
I'd expect both them and the Big 12 probably to, to structure their deals um, to come in and be negotiating a step ahead of the Big 10 in 2029. You know, they, both of them are coming off 12 and 13 year deals. They're really, you know, and I think at the time they thought it was a great idea and the networks were fine. They, they you know, the, the conference has got to announce big numbers in terms of, you know, billions of dollars the deals were worth. And the networks had certainty for 12 and 13 years. So it worked, it worked great. But, you know, a lot changed in those 12 and 13 years. And I think everybody's probably learned a lesson, not only the, the conferences, but the networks as well. So I think you're going to see shorter deals. But I would really be surprised if he gets, you know, besides this uh, renegotiation or renewal, that he gets two more. I think he'll get one more by going a year earlier than the Big, the big Ten. So are we talking like maybe five-year deals and then – I think the Big Ten's a seven-year deal. Is that right? Yeah, they'd be. A, I think they'd be a year off if he did a five-year deal. I don't have my map. I don't have my calendar yeah. with me here, but I think it'd be a year off if he did five. It, it seems to me that you know, in typically, help me out. Like in a typical deal, it, what's the escalator one year to the next? Um. Well, once you're in the deal, it's you know three to four percent. Sometimes they have CPI. I got to think with the. CPI running so hot right now, everybody's probably not going on CPI. That's probably a set percentage, three to four percent. Sometimes mid mid term on a ten or twelve year deal, there might be a bigger kicker, say six or seven percent, just to you know for offset the the period of time that has passed. But on a five year deal, I would uh, expect it to be three to four percent. Yeah, and, and, and the. I- the idea being, do you think the networks would be okay doing five years? Like, is, is that speaking their language as well? Is that kind of the happy medium now? Well, I, you know, longer is always better for them. <laughs> it's, you know, that's why the NFL deals are 10 years, and, and these are 12- and 13-year deals. And if the schools or the conferences want, you know, huge, huge dollar commitments, the, one of the trade-offs is, is length. And... So, you know, I can see why the conferences would be a little hesitant. And, you know, the broadcast networks and the cable networks, given what's going on in their business uh, with the, you know, the the cords being cut and people leaving the bundle and going to other options, you know, there there might be a little hesitancy on their part to go, you know, real long term. But um, I don't don't think five years would scare them away, though. We're talking to Bob Thompson uh, former Fox Sports Network's president. Um, as I look at kind of what the Pac-12 is posturing like they're going to do, you know, George Klyovkov said today that there will be a streaming service involved, whether it's uh, an existing streaming service that's part of a linear network or if it's a new partner. Uh, what's the right balance in your mind when it comes to, uh, you know, the ESPN, uh, the glow of ESPN? and maybe, or Fox, and then uh, maybe a, a new streaming service like Amazon? Well, I would think you'd, you'd want your Tier 1 games and your first picks to be distributed as widely as possible. So that would, you know, to me, would be ESPN or ABC. <clears throat> Assuming, uh, which I still assume, that Fox is not going to be in on the big Pac-12, uh, although I could be wrong. Uh, and then I would say the next level would be kind of the Amazon um, you know, the other, he's, he's talking about another potential streamer, you know, it could be ESPN plus. So it could be a package of, uh, pack 12, uh, 
uh, ESPN, ESPN Plus, and Amazon. And that's two streamers and a linear, ne- li- linear cable network and a linear broadcast network. And so I'd go first pick, like I said, with ESPN, ABC, and then, you know, beyond that, um, go with the others. Although I would probably give Amazon some, some good selections on, you know, Thursday night games, uh, Friday night games, you know, special date games, things like that, that, that they could take advantage of. 503-417-7575. If you've got a question for Bob Thompson, he's agreed to take a couple. I have uh, a ton of questions, Bob. I'm going to ask you here, um, you know, ESPN and Amazon may be the likely bidders on the Pac-12. Hearing a little bit of murmur about another bidder, not sure if maybe that's just the Pac-12 trying to create some leverage or if maybe there is a surprise bidder out there, uh, where does your mind go when I say ESPN, Amazon, maybe someone else? You know, I haven't heard of anything, but I've, I've been kind of out of touch for a few weeks, so I haven't had my ear to the ground <clears throat> quite a bit. But yeah, I guess Turner's always a possibility, although, you know, they're going through quite a merger there between Warner Brothers and Discovery and, you know, looking at cutting a couple billion dollars worth of, you know, overhead and, a lot of upheaval going on right now. And, and the NBA and the NHL are very important to them. They don't have a lot of history with uh, college basketball. I mean, college football, we used to sublicense them some games, uh, Big 12 and, and Pac-10, <clears throat> Pac-12, excuse me, a number of years ago. But they haven't been in the, in the business for a while. I suppose that's a possibility. It, does, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh, for them to just have their you know, feet in the water with just the Pac-12. So I, I don't know. It could, you know, who knows it, who it might be. But I, I'm still sticking with ESPN and Amazon for the bulk of the product. And, you know, also they got to kind of come to grips with what they're going to ultimately do with the Pac-12 networks. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the Pac-12 network's likely bound for a streaming service. And, you know, while there may be some distribution issues, uh, as you know, Pac-12 fans are used to that when it comes to the Pac-12 networks. I'm currently watching the Pac-12 networks these days in our household using Sling. It's not ideal. It's uh, it's costing me money. Uh, I saw your tweet recently kind of about rights. Uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, subscriptions raising, like the price of Apple going up uh, and others. Where do you think that's going to end up for most of us? Well, I think there's going to be a couple things. Number one, I think there's going to be um, certainly some, some price increases. Uh, saw Apple's going up. Disney's announced an increase for ESPN+. Plus. I think there's going to be an increase probably in the ESPN, Hulu, uh, Disney bundle. Um, they, you know, the, Disney lost a billion dollars on streaming last quarter. You can't, you can't sustain that. So I think what they'll probably be is some sort of, um, consolidation amongst the streamers, probably some some bundling, all of what Disney is doing with ESPN Plus and Hulu and and Disney Plus, and you know maybe some others on top of that. And you know the, the flip side of that though is as these prices continue to rise, and they have to continue to rise. Um, you know Apple going up, that's going up fifty percent basically, and. Um, you know, if the cable operator raised their price 50%, it'd be all over the front page of the local newspaper. But, you know, going from four to six isn't a huge deal, but it is 50%. So I think that these prices are going to continue to rise, and people are going to get to the point where, at some point, their cable bill, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be 
darn near what their streaming bill is. And yep. you know, there, there could be a reverse um, action to all the, the streaming services as they continue to increase. Uh, that just you know, I, I think they do have a convenience level over linear networks, but um, it's not huge if you know how to run your DVR. And I think that uh, you know that the cable bundle is is not dead yet, but uh, uh, there's there's maybe some some opportunities for it you know, going down the road as these streaming services kind of figure out how to rationalize their businesses. A question coming in from Twitter, Bob, um, and Twitter's dangerous, but uh, the idea yes, that the, the idea that the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve can't coexist in this ecosystem. Um, the question is. You know, does one of these things have to win over the other, or can they both? Can they coexist? Is there enough dollars out there? Are there enough? Are there enough households out there to to make both of these conferences winners in this round? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've maintained all along that I think it's it's good for the game if both conferences uh, thrive and survive. Um, I've stated all along that I think the Big Twelve is going to do slightly better on a per school basis. Uh, in this round of, of negotiations, uh, they've got rabbit fan base. They fill their stadiums, and it's just you know it's it's a way of life down there in the in the southwest and, and the, the middle part of the country with those schools. And I think it's good for the game to have those conferences be relevant, and it's good for the expanded CFP playoffs to have representatives for those conferences to be. Uh, important and and it's it's good for both of them to maintain separate and strong identities. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the next round of of, of uh, renegotiations. Is there going to be more realignment? It's probably a possibility, but I think for this next round and to see how this all plays out with the new CFP uh, proposals and expansion. I think it makes entire sense for both of them to, you know, kind of maintain uh, their their existence uh, separately. Uh, I'd love to see them play each other more often. Um, I'm sure the TV networks would as well because it's, you know, they're good games. And so, you know, I think it's important for them both to con- continue, and, and I think that's what's going to happen. Another question coming from social media asking, uh, with Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, saying he wants to go into the fourth window, meaning he wants to come into the Pacific time zone. How does that affect uh, the value of the Pac-12's media rights? Uh, well, I think, you know, you can go in there now if he plays uh, BYU at 8 Mountain. So he, he's, he's already in there. If he wants to, to go in more consistently in BYU, I'm sure he's not going to want to play all their games at night, especially when he all their home games at night, especially once it starts getting a little colder up there. Um, yeah, he's going to have to find another school. And, you know, whether that's, you know, any of the likely possibilities um, on the West Coast, I think I could see why he would, would want that. I don't know that that significantly is going to diminish the Pac-12's value in that window, though. I mean, there's, there's very few windows uh, in football that don't have – some sort of competition. And certainly everyone has played up the value of the Pac-12's uh, late window and their ability to, to fill that window. But I don't think having another game in there is going to diminish it significantly, uh, the total value of the rights. 
you got to remember, most of the times on Saturdays, there's, you know, four or five games going on in all three of the windows, you know, the three of the main windows, the, the noon, the 3.30, and, the, and the, the late window, you know, and then maybe one or two games going on at the 10.30 window. So, you know, there's, there's always competition, and it's been that way for years since, uh, you know, the, the floodgates were open on college football telecasts. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't look at it that it's a significant hindrance to the Pac-12. And I, I can see how it would be a benefit to the to the Big 12, though. All right, Bob, uh, before I cut you loose, final question here. Uh, it really relates to something that's been talked about really in the last week or so with the NFL possibly looking at some Saturday games, college football. Would they be well-served to move the season earlier to avoid kind of some matchups with the NFL and, you know, the competition that is going to come from the NFL? How might that complicate things for college football uh, down the road. Well, it's uh, pretty clear to me that the NFL is not going to back down. You know, they're going to play whenever they want to play, and that's just how it is. And then you have to decide whether you want to schedule around them or go up against them. And I think that's what's going on right now with the, you know, the looking at this the CFP expansion for twenty uh, for twenty four and twenty five. You know how that would work. I do think it makes sense to make zero week week one. And I know that requires moving a lot of things around and your, your uh, rivalry games are going to be Thanksgiving weekend, possibly. That creates some problems, finals problems. There's a lot of different problems, but I think they really need to take a look at it so that they can potentially get out of some of the NFL windows, and, and especially when it gets down to the, the potential playoff structure, uh, because it's going to be hard not to play up against some NFL playoff games if you don't move everything back at least a week. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to watch kind of the convergence of all this stuff. And, you know, you're, you're, you're not out of the game. I know you're doing some consulting and stuff, but, you know, is this entertaining to you to watch this? Because I cannot remember in my time in like 25 to 30 years of covering sports, I cannot remember media rights being this public. Like, you know, we, we used to not know what was going on until the deal was announced and we kind of looked at it and then we all moved on. But it feels like now, like the casual fan is tuned into it. Yeah, I think they are. And I think it's a couple of reasons. I think number one is because a lot of it's related to the realignment and the new deals, uh, the big 10 deal. And, and it's what's related a lot of that. A big increase to USC and UCLA coming in, and so now with these two deals coming up and potential movement, and you know, people saying that uh, they'd like to look elsewhere and things along those lines, I think it's become good sport. And you know, I, I really thought once the game started, it would kind of die down, but wrong again, Bob. Um, so <laughs> you know, I, the other thing is, you know, none of this has really happened. These deals are 12, 12 and thirteen years old, so there really hasn't been anything to talk about. I mean, the last time expansion or realignment went down was kind of 2012, 2010, 11, whatever it was. And, yeah, nobody, nobody was always public about it. You know, in my office, I was doing a deal with the conference. Maybe three people knew about it, four people, until we announced it. And same way at the conferences. There was very few people involved. And, and you know, it, I don't really get the impression that, that the fans were really even interested or involved until you announced it. And then, of course, you know, everybody was a bunch of idiots who did the deals. But, you yeah. know, you're used to that. You know, I don't, I'm used to that. That doesn't bother me at all. But um, there, there seems to be def- definitely a genuine interest. And, I, you know, I get it. You know, it's kind of a, 
a kind of a um, cool thing to talk about and, and speculate on, and everybody can have an opinion on it. And that's one of the great things I, I do like about this whole, you know, Twitter thing. I, you know, I not figured out a way to make any money doing this, but it's a lot of fun <laughs> to engage with people. And uh, yeah, I've got a few jobs out of it, but it was a bit interesting. But uh, and it's nice for me in that I'm not really involved in any of these these deals, and so. Yeah. I, I can say what I want and I can say what I think. And, you know, people have to understand everything I'm saying is, is strictly a, a, a thought or a belief that I have. And it's, I'm not mining people significantly for information. I don't pull myself off as some sort of, you know, uh, journalistic uh, individual like, you know, like yourself who gets sources and things like that. I, I'm just basically you know, spouting off what I think and what I believe and whether people want to listen to me or not. I, you know, I don't really care one way or the other, but I, I think I can provide a little bit of a service to, to some people who, who are, you know, are thoughtful about it and, and don't want to just go off on me just because I have an opinion. Bob Thompson, the retired president of Fox Sports Networks. Thank you. It's a public service what you're doing. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Good right. to talk to you, John. All right. You too. Take care. There he is. Good stuff. We will uh, we'll podcast that interview, and we will disseminate it so all the Big 12 nuts can, can listen to it as well. But, uh, I, you know, look, I hate that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 fans, media, that everybody's kind of carving out all the territory and the turf. Like, I don't like some of the talking points and some of the messaging coming out of Big 12 country because it does feel like that you have, like, you know, two entities that are fighting over scraps trying to survive when the mission should be hey, these two entities need to close the gap and get the Big Ten and get the SEC within view of the front windshield. Like, that's what's good for college football in the end. Like, everybody, uh, you know, surviving and thriving and trying to close the gap and make what will become an expanded playoff a competitive uh, entity. All right, coming up, uh, Brock Heward gave an interview with uh, John Wilner and myself in which he talked about uh, the Bo Nicks and the Ducks, and he evaluated the quarterbacks in the conference. I'll play some of that for you, and we'll kick it around. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.